Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. $50 million. That's a lot of money. You can do a lot of things with $50 million. You can buy a house in West Vancouver in the fancy Shaughnessy neighborhood. You can buy two cars for $600,000. You can have $7 million worth of farmland in Saskatchewan. You can even buy an island if you wanted to. You could afford to have allegedly one child and speculatively five, possibly from different women if you want. We don't know. You could feel like the shit with $50 million. Like you could do anything you wanted up to $50 million. Like I would buy a house with $50 million. Let me know what you would do with $50 million, okay? But you could also trigger the wrong person and even as a multi-millionaire you could end up like the rest of us in the end did unlike many people you could end up chopped into more than a hundred pieces sliced apart by an electric saw hi i'm teddy and welcome to a briefcase today we're looking at the case of kang Ren a Chinese multi-millionaire who was murdered and sliced into 108 pieces in his 10-bedroom Vancouver mansion. We're gonna start with his background. Kang Ren was born in China on 16th July 1973. So his parents were physicians, so I'm guessing like doctors in China. And at that time, China was still under strict communist rule. Anything you did or said wrong or even was interpreted to be against the party could really fuck you up. And somehow, his parents ended up in the party's bad books. Because of this, his family was poor growing up and to the point where Kang Ren had to work in a labor camp to survive. And one of the anecdotes was that once he had to walk home from the labor camp and he got frostbite trying to walk 2,000 miles, yeah, 2,000 miles in winter. Okay, but then when China started to open up, Kang Ren he actually took advantage of the opportunities. And again, the source of his money is pretty mysterious, but it's believed that he had interest in coal and iron mining. And it's also a bit shady because he was previously implicated in a bribery scandal. So he wasn't charged, but according to the Vancouver Sun, he paid a Chinese official. 1 kg of gold in exchange for coal mining rights. But again, the thing is that he was never charged. He was just a witness in the prosecution of the official who accepted the gold. So Kang Ren, he gets 
pretty damn rich and gets himself permanent residence in Canada in 2007. And according to some newspapers, he might have married someone for that, so immigration fraud, but this is all alleged, of course, opinion. And he settles in to a 10-bedroom mansion with his female cousin and her husband. And his cousin and their husband, they do have a daughter. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the cousin. So his cousin wasn't actually blood-related. His cousin was his dad's sister's adopted daughter, if I'm remembering this correctly. But I assume that they grew up together and were pretty close. Because if not, why would you live together with somebody that you are not close to, right? Okay, and the cousin's husband was called Li Chao, and he was a bit older. I think a bit less than 20 years older, maybe about 18 years or so. But he wasn't just leeching off Gang Ren, you know, he wasn't just leeching off Gang Ren's success in his house. Apparently, he had his own investments and he had property in Montreal and everything. And he was known to be a warm, a generous, and a kind person. And Li Chao and his wife, they, they have a daughter, Florence Chao, and she was Kang Ren's niece. And if you watch YouTube, if you are into trash watching, like, you know, like 90 Day Fiancé, you know she's in this series from about seven years ago called Ultra Rich Asian Girls. Yeah. So this is the whole setup of the family. Now, I also want to talk about Kang Ren's personal life just a little bit. So Kang Ren allegedly had a whole bunch of baby mamas, okay? And, you know, just my opinion, but probably his first baby mama was when Yuan was still in China, so in 2004. And in 2004, Kang Ren was 31, and I don't want to speak ill of the dead but mm, it is a little bit creepy for a 31 year old to be dating a 16 year old okay and she apparently ends up moving into his parents house the same summer and at that time at that time Kang Ren marries another woman to move to Canada like an immigration marriage but during this whole time Kang Ren and his 16 year old boo they call each other husband and wife, so I think like Lao Kong, you know? And about four years later, she gives birth to his kid in 2008. And that's when she's 20, and I think 20 is also a bit young to be having a kid, but that's just like my opinion, you know? So Kang and he actually supported her, like financially, and he gave her a lot of presents, but apparently he did the same thing with all of his other baby mamas. So like, if anything, even though he's a terrible boyfriend husband, he is financially responsible. Alright? And in total, alright, you're, you're gonna be shook. In total, it's suspected that he had about a hundred girlfriends. And I'm not sure if it's all at once, but even like five girlfriends, five like wives at once is a lot to manage. And you know, like I'm sitting here thinking maybe he had like an assistant with a spreadsheet to keep track of everything, everyone's birthdays, what, what he got for each person, how much each person needs. In fact, his most recent child was born just two months before he got killed. And we have a lot more information about their relationship. Kang Ren met his baby mama 
at a party in Beijing in 2014. And after that, they just spent a lot of time talking on WeChat, alright? And Kang was so into her. Whenever he was in Beijing, he would be like, Hey, you wanna meet? You wanna meet? You wanna meet up? But she kept rejecting him, like nah. But in the end, she agreed to meet him in Vegas, like in the US, Las Vegas. But they were super unstable. Their relationship was considered by Baby Mama to be brief, distant, and tempestuous. Is, is that how you pronounce it? Tempestuous. Alright, they only spent two nights together at Caesar's Palace and then they had a fight and she leaves to another hotel. Alright, but this isn't the end of it. Oh no, they meet up again and they travel to Miami because perchance he was buying a yacht as millionaires do. And sometime along this whole situation, she gets pregnant and they're like, okay, let's be husband and wife. And there's even WeChat messages where she's like, hey, I'm pregnant. And this this man, he isn't even phased. He's like, mm, right, just give birth to it. I will raise the child. And I guess, I mean, if you're rich, childcare expenses don't really affect you that much, you know? Okay, but this relationship is full of drama. So the baby mama is like, I don't want to be an unwed mother. Your temper is shit. And if the kid has your temper, it'll be the death of me, you know? Chisuwa. But she ends it with, do you love the child's mother? And Kang Ren is like, it depends on her performance. And then they had a plan for her to have the baby in either the US or Vancouver. So I'm guessing so that the child would be naturalized. And for her to move over and for them to live as a family in Vancouver. And so before she agrees to all of this, you know, because she has to think for herself, she's like, are you single? Do you have kids? And Kang Ren lies. He lies through his teeth and he says, yeah, I'm single. I have no kids. But because he's a well-known multi-millionaire, she checks out and finds out about his history, about the woman he slept with, about his immigration marriage, and she's pissed, right? And Kang Ren, I don't know how he does it, but he convinces her, baby, this isn't true. And she ends up meeting his mom and brother in China and he meets her family as well. And this is crazy, I don't know. I think his family probably lied for him, but that's really shady. So a couple of months later, in about October 2014, she finds out that he has a kid and she messages him, you fucking asshole, you have a daughter, how do you hide this? And then she sends him a photo of his kid, right? But Kang Ren is like, what daughter? And she's sending him a video of him playing with his daughter. So he can't deny that, right? And he's like, what do you want then? I assume you want to kill me or something. Go ahead, as long as it makes you happy. And this man is a master manipulator. Come on, ladies, it's not worth. And she says, what makes me happy is that the kid will be able to grow up happily with a responsible father. And they end up back together. And she gives birth in LA where he's registered as the father. And we can't even confirm if he was at the birth or if he ever met his fifth kid. So this was like allegedly how he treated women. In my opinion, he seduced them, he used them and he paid for them. But he basically acted like he had... Almost no respect for them. So now we fast forward two months and it's 2nd May 2015. We are in the mansion and Kang Ren's cousin's husband, remember Li Chao? He's showing off something he invented. It's a stabilizer made out of hiking poles for a rifle. 
It's speculated that he wanted to do some sort of business venture for this or something else, but Kang Ren was like, what a simple invention. Like, he looked down on Li Chao's invention. But this wasn't what triggered it. He actually said, why don't you let me marry your daughter? It's not like we're related by blood anyway. He was proposing to marry his niece. And what happened next is a recount by Li Chao. So Kang Ren apparently hit Li Chao and Li Chao picked up a hammer. And Kang Ren tried to reach for a gun, like a gun that they used to kill rodents and stuff. But Li Chao, he hit him in the leg and in the head. So Kang Ren, he's much bigger, he's much heavier. He grabs the hammer out of Li Chao's hands. But Li Chao, he manages to grab the rifle back and he shot once. But this isn't the end of it. He was afraid that Gangren was going to get up and attack him with the hammer again. So he shot his second shot. Now at this time, Li Chao's mom and his wife, Gangren's cousin, they were taking a walk and they come back right in time to see Li Chao and Gangren. So he tells them to take a walk and he drags Gangren into the garage where he starts to dismember him into 108 and at one point the family's nanny actually walked into the garage and he told her hey no this is just a bear I'm dismembering a bear and apparently he was in shock it's also speculated that he might have thought that it was actually a bear and he thought that by putting the body into plastic bags the plastic bags would freeze the the flesh and it wouldn't rot and after all of this he went to bed his wife ended up calling the police, who called him to come out of the house, which he did. In court, they looked at a couple of things. The first was that Li Chao never, ever got into trouble before this. So a lot of people agreed that he had a great character before, you know, murdering his cousin-in-law. But I'm guessing that he had very good character witnesses. And they agreed that he might have been actually scared of Kang Ren, who was like younger, stronger, heavier than him, when he reached for the hammer and the gun. And to him, this might have been self-defense. And personally, this isn't a court thing. This isn't really mentioned. But I mean, how do you not get triggered if your cousin-in-law says that he wants to... Ugh. So in the end, he was sentenced to 10 years and 6 months for manslaughter and interfering with human remains. And calculating this, if I'm not wrong, I think that he'll be released in 2022. Thanks for listening to the show. So anyway, I've actually been eating a lot of banh mi recently, you know, like Vietnamese banh mi, and I'm looking for recommendations. So currently, my favorite banh mi place is actually banh mi tit by Starbucket in Kelang, not sponsored, but I also think it's the best banh mi I've had in Singapore so far, but I'm looking for more banh mi recommendations, so drop me a line at a briefcase podcast on Instagram. So I hope you enjoyed the case, share it with your friends. And now that I know that Spotify has ratings for podcasts, do drop us a rating on Spotify if you're listening, yeah? And you can find us on abriefcasepodcast.com as well. And do join us next week for another brief case. Hey. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. 